new insights into how the brain might be set up differently in certain people with intellectual disabilities and autism. Up next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. Megan Williams, Assistant Professor of Neurobiology and Anatomy at the University of Utah. Dr. Williams, despite the fact that autism and intellectual disabilities are pretty prevalent, um, not much is known about the biological changes that take place early on that might set these people down that pathway. But you've found some new insights here. Our new study has shown that there's a very specific defect in connections between neurons um, in the brains of mice that are missing an autism-associated gene. And I think what's unique about our study is that autism and intellectual disability, these are disorders in which it's not going to be easy to see uh, connectivity changes Mm -hmm. because they're going to be very subtle and probably quite small. It's not like people with autism are missing a whole part of their brain. And so we've looked at very high resolution at two very specific neuron types and identified um, a very subtle but very important change in connectivity. Your research focuses on a gene called Curl3. Um, what, why did you focus on that gene? I became interested in that molecule almost 10 years ago. Um, it was identified in C. elegans, which is a roundworm, as a very important molecule for synapse formation. And um, then there started to become a lot of human uh, autism and intellectual disability sort of genomic studies that implicated this gene um, in these disorders. And just quickly, what, what is a synapse? A synapse is the special cell junction between two brain cells, and that's really the essential point of communication between the, the cells. And so if you're your brain cells require synaptic connections um, really to process any kind of information, to see, to hear, to think. Your research was investigating what what defects um, are caused by um, changes in that gene. Um, so you approach that question by um, disrupting that gene or knocking out that gene in mice. And what, what, would it, what did you find there? Kirill is expressed in two cells, and it helps these cells, probably helps these cells stick together. And because synaptic junctions are um, places where the neurons sort of stick together and send their signals to one another, uh, it signaled that Kirill may be important for the synapses between these two very specific cell types. So the two types of neurons that express Kirill normally have a synaptic connection, and when you get when you're missing Kirill, they have about one third fewer of these synaptic connections. And although that seems like a fairly small change, what happens is it greatly impacts the whole network activity. So all neurons are sort of interconnected to other neurons eventually, uh, much like roads are in a city. And when you disrupt about thirty percent of them of this one kind, you end up affecting basically the traffic or the flow of information I in the see. whole brain. Okay, so that part of the brain is is not as, as active. Actually, it's interesting because, you know, we're, we're very interested in understanding exactly which synapses might be defective in these disorders. And these mice are missing some excitatory synapses. So that means these are synapses that activate the network. 
But the trick is that these are excitatory synapses that form on inhibitory neurons. Hmm. So we're really talking about missing excitatory synapses or activating synapses onto neurons that quiet the network. Okay, interesting. And so this is sort of a a double negative, and what ends up happening is that we end up exciting the network too much in these knockout mice. How can we think about that? Is is the idea maybe that there's kind of more chatter going on in the brain and it's just harder for the brain to control? That's right. Yeah. Actually, um, in the hippocampus, this brain region we investigated, um, synaptic transmission is usually very sparse. Um, And that sparseness allows you to have, it's thought to allow you to have distinct memories. And so what could be happening is that there's much higher chatter or noise, electrical noise in your brain. And it may be sort of inhibiting the encoding of unique memories. Mm -hmm. And they may blur together or not be as crisp. And this, of course, affects learning. You looked at sort of young mice. Do we know whether those changes persist um, through aging? So we we looked at young mice first because this is where these disorders become most diagnosed. And um, But we also looked at older mice, so what we would call adult mice. So it seems like the brains of older mice missing Kirill, though their synapses are not normal, the overall network activity seems to be back to normal. They kind of compensated for that change later on. That's right. Could it also be that um, those early changes might be setting off another chain of events that you just don't haven't been able to find yet? That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're in the adult, the older mice, the synapses are still not normal. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, especially if the system is stressed, we don't know how the brains would respond. Um, Kirill 3 is also expressed outside the hippocampus. So all our work was in this brain region, um, but it is expressed in other places and could be, we would imagine it is probably affecting synapses in other brain regions. And you had mentioned that Kirill 3 had been found to be associated or mutations or variations in that gene had, was associated with um, people who have intellectual disabilities or autism. How common was that association seen? Autism-linked genes are still only a, a few percentage of people with autism. Um, and Kirill is one of these, and it's still going to be a very low percentage of people that have autism and intellectual disability. Um so this is common, and this is one of the reasons we know so little mm-hmm. about the brain changes underlying these disorders. Um, but, you know, as the buzzwords of personalized medicine grow um, and genome sequencing becomes easier, it's possible that, you know, in the, in the future, patients with autism and intellectual disability, if we can identify their mutation that caused it, if it is a genetic cause, then you know, knowing if they have a Kirill mutation and whether um, what the exact defects are in the Kirill patients can at least inform those um, patients' treatment. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I mean, I think one of the really big take-home messages of our paper is that, you know, a very small and subtle synaptic defect can have a very big impact on circuit or network function. And so this is why it's really key to identify these very, seems seems so small and and 
possibly insignificant. But these defects in your brain, which is hyper-connected, can amplify um, to cause some, some major problems. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.